new social media platforms. We don't need new VPNs. We don't need a way to protect ourselves from our data being mined. We need to own it. What you have to understand is the only way you control the narrative is if you own the narrative. The only way you control information is if you own the access to the information. Right now, they do all of that. And I'm going to tell you, while all of you think, oh, this platform is like non-censorship. Let me tell you something. If they want to, they can cut your ISP. They can mess with your network. And what are you going to do? Pick up your house and go? Go somewhere else? Maybe go under another name? Because they can cut your banking and cancel you. They can cut your power. They can cut your phone. They can cut your internet. What do we do? Do we just let them cut everything because they want to? They can cut your banking. Digital currency, right? You know why they're coming after crypto so hard, right? Because there's laws already in place that they decide where you're allowed to spend your crypto. You will have digital currency for food, digital currency for rent, digital currency for health, and they will tell you how you can allocate it. Those that choose the cities will have that. Those that will not have the luxury of being free. And the point is, we don't want the cities in the country. We want it to be one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And the first intro to it will be this fall. They will be fighting a ghost that they can't see. They don't know where it begins and ends. And this is where you are going to be introduced to the new internet, the new information highway that guess what? Nobody can own. Nobody can own. The media, obsolete. YouTube, obsolete. Facebook, obsolete. Twitter, obsolete. Actually, you can access Twitter, Facebook, everything. But guess what? They can't mine your data. They can't see your data. And here's that time. Here's that time. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a brand new edition of The Sea Report, coming to you live on this Monday, February 14th, 2022. I am your host, Mr. C, and uh, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. I hope everyone is doing great and well out there on this beautiful Monday afternoon or evening, depending on where you are around the world. It could be nighttime right now. If you're joining us live, we are uh, broadcasting on this merry Monday. We have quite an exciting show lined up for all of you guys and gals this evening. I hope you all are doing well on this gorgeous Monday evening. Uh, we had uh, we had quite the beautiful uh, Texas day here on this Valentine's Day. And uh, I hope you ladies and gentlemen are having a good one as well. <laughs> Anyways, and uh, oh yes, uh, we are definitely going to be having quite the show for you guys. 
Now, um, there's been quite a lot of news going on. There's so many things going on at the moment. Uh, trying to uh, sift between the distractions, between the pertinent, and between just the plain redundant. Um, I gotta tell you, there's a lot of stories that I feel like we're not able to get to. But nonetheless, uh, we will be uh, bringing it live with you guys here with some, uh, I think, some pretty good information. Uh, if any of you guys were present for that video that we started off with, uh, that uh, might have gotten your attention. Maybe it did not. Uh, but what I can say for sure is we will definitely be talking about um, the future of the internet tonight. We will be talking about the quantum user experience and uh, we'll be talking about some other things that go along with that entire package, ladies and gentlemen. It's actually going to be quite a groundbreaking story, uh, but we'll touch on that a little bit later tonight as we go along in tonight's report. Uh, other than that, we will bring you, of course, um, <laughs> quite an onslaught of um, uh, quite an onslaught of uh, statements from President Trump. He was a busy, busy man. He was keeping his desk filled with memos and uh, passing them out to all the uh, citizens and Americans out there and around to uh, kind of uh, see what he's got to say. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of similar themes in motion here with President Trump and his statements. A lot of it around uh, election fraud, election integrity, the January 6th Unselect Committee, and uh, Susan Collins and uh, Mitch McConnell seem to be, uh, seem to be living rent-free on the desk of President Trump, as it were. But uh, we'll also jump into those as well. And then, of course, um, we do have a couple of updates uh, for you guys tonight. We will be doing some updates on the Ghislaine Maxwell and Prince Andrew situation uh, because as you guys know, these are stories that in my opinion should be top of the mind uh, only because uh, these things tend to get buried in the press, in the news, in the headlines, in the uh, whispers of war and the rumors of war. Well, you guessed it, ladies and gentlemen. We will also be giving you all an update on the Russia-NATO war situation that seems to be uh, breaking out ever more so. But I don't know, guys. We'll see what y'all's opinion is by the time I'm done sharing a few articles that I scoured throughout the interwebs to get a hold of. And maybe you'll have a different opinion. But uh, I think we can all rest on this opinion which I think is actually kind of becoming somewhat of a fact, is that uh, the State Department and NATO sure want that war, ladies and gentlemen. But will they get it? That remains to be seen. Okie dokie, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys are doing great again tonight. Before we get started, let me just jump into some of the chat rooms and say hello. If you're joining us over at Rumble, at Twitch, or at Clout Hub, I bid you all a great evening and I thank you for joining us on this Monday night. And if you are hanging out over in the foxhole or over at pilled.net, uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, friends and family, and uh, happy Valentine's Day to all. I hope all of you all who uh, celebrate and or uh, uh, acknowledge this, uh, this holiday are having a wonderful day. 
and that uh, you are indeed at least surrounded by loved ones, if not romantically speaking. But, you know, I'm around you guys, so I'll be feeling the love all night long, I'm sure. And that's all I need to keep myself going, ladies and gentlemen. We got uh, Tam Goral. Hello, Angel. How are you doing tonight? And we also have Sherry Pittsburgh hanging out in the audience. Tam Goral says it was a gorgeous 70 degrees today. Tell me about it. I had some errands to run earlier in the day. And you know what? Uh, hoofing it on foot. Uh, was quite enjoyable for myself uh, with the weather. Uh, we also have Railanon in the chat room. Thank you so much for gifting the 117 gold pill. Sean Joe, how you doing today, sir? Thank you for gifting the cookie. And also Tam Gral. Tam Gral's gifting the can to wash that cookie down. Hey, we got a can of coffee right here, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, thank goodness for that. And uh, looks like uh, Sean Joe is going to um, uh, up that can with another cookie. So <laughs> thank you guys for coming in with that support uh, early on in the game. Much appreciated, y'all. Okay, and uh, by way of a bit of housekeeping, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I would also like to encourage you, if you're watching us on our live stream broadcast and you just can't seem to always catch our live show, well, ladies and gentlemen, if you're like me, you like to take your news on the go and you like to put it in your ear. I'm a much more of an auditory responsive individual myself, but uh, what I'm trying to say here is you can always catch the Sea Report on podcast over at anchor.fm slash the Sea Report. Uh, now, when you do that, ladies and gentlemen, you have access to all of the episodes that we have ever done here at the Sea Report. We are finally caught up. We are up to date, so you can get all 246 episodes of The Sea Report. Listen to them for free, download them for free, subscribe or follow for free. I never put a paywall on my content, ladies and gentlemen. However, if you would like to support the show, you can always subscribe. We have three different levels here, 99 cents per month, 4.99 per month, or 9.99 per month. And uh, that definitely helps keep the lights on, ladies and gentlemen, aside from giving a little bit of a financial and moral boost right in, uh, you know, right in the kicker there. And uh, definitely helps out the show as we continue to move along now. The way I like to say it, ladies and gentlemen, is for 99 cents a month, you can basically get about 20 episodes of The Sea Report. That's a pretty good deal. And if you consider our weekend shows, including Mr. C in the Dark and Lone Star News, you're looking at anywhere from about uh, 8 to 12 more episodes for a whopping 30 to 32 episodes per month for a mere 99 cents. Every bit helps, ladies and gentlemen. But of course, uh, I, would, I would highly recommend that you make sure you take care of you and yours first before deciding to uh, donate to the likes of myself over here at the Sea Report. That's definitely more important. But uh, hey, otherwise, subscribe for, for free. The, um, the uh, podcast is available on most major podcast players. Uh, help us out here by sharing those links. And you know, there's nothing more uh, valuable than the gift of information. So let your friends and your family know about the news that you hear over at the Sea Report. And let them know Mr. C is looking for you. <laughs> 
And by uh, last means of housekeeping, you can also check us out over at thecreport.com. Now, this is a this is a holder page, of course, because we are working on the new website uh, to get it a little bit more uh, uh, newsy looking, of course, after we received that last uh, bomb on our website here that took out all of our videos decided to go ahead and get this thing spruced up. So for the time being on this holder page, you can find out where we do all of our live broadcasting. You can check it out there. Uh, support the show if you'd like, of course, by means of our cash app, and then of course, our contact form for the C Report. Now this one comes in handy, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you ever wanna get in touch, if you have questions, if you have concerns, uh, if you have um, hot tips, news ideas, etc., cetera, uh, you can definitely fill out that contact form if you're on foxhole.app or pill.net, then find my pilled.net account and send me a private message that way. Uh, those are the two um, those are the two areas at which I usually do my communications. And this form might come in handy, guys, because uh, right now we are finalizing uh, uh, speaking with the uh, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West campaign. And uh, we will have him on the show, uh, God willing, hopefully before, uh, before, uh, before Election Day Tuesday, which is coming up rather quick, guys. Now, as I said to you all before, um, I already have my uh, list of things I would like to speak with the colonel about uh, and, uh, you know, some of my concerns and such, uh, and such. But I know to all of our Texas viewers out there, a lot of you guys have uh, expressed that you uh, have certain concerns and questions as well. So by all means, hop over to the creport.com and uh, go ahead and fill out that form. If you have a question, perhaps we can squeeze it in. Uh, the colonel does, uh, he's a very busy schedule. And like I said, election day is right around the corner here in Texas for primaries. So, um, you know, uh, we'll be blessed with what time we can get. But if I can squeeze in a question for any of you all, or if any of you all think of a question that is far more pertinent than any of the uh, topics that I would like to discuss with the good colonel, then uh, we'll definitely get that in there. But uh, we'll let you guys know as soon as we get word from his campaign when he will be with us here at the Sea Report. All right, guys, I think that wraps it up by way of uh, housekeeping for us tonight. So let's go ahead and jump straight into tonight's report because we've got some ground to cover. And I think you guys will be quite excited with it. Now, uh, we have uh, statements from President Trump as he is sending he's sending us love letters on this uh, uh, this February 14th Valentine's Day to the American people and not to Kim Jong-un, as some people would say. Now, we all know that uh, President Trump himself said that his letters to uh, Kim Jong-un were indeed little love letters that they sent via snail mail, via post. You know, that had to be probably so annoying to a uh, deep state and uh, globalist, cabalist type of entities when they couldn't just intercept those electronic messages. But speaking of love letters, let's see the first, uh, first statement we have here from President Trump is, is rather relevant to it. It says here, uh, yet another fake book by a reporter who knows nothing about me Maggot Haberman of the New York Times is making up stories about my relationship with foreign leaders. She claims I speak with Kim Jong-un of North Korea, but not other world leaders. Wrong. 
<laughs> so I thought that one was pretty funny. Now, you guys all remember Maggot Haberman? Okay, well, I gotta say, ladies and gentlemen, between uh, Sleazebag Zucker and Maggot Haberman, which one do you think is the worst diss? Like, I think I would rather be a sleazebag than a maggot. So that's pretty bad. But uh, nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, Maggot Haberman is the uh, New York Times reporter uh, who you may remember, as we spoke about on Friday, uh, is behind this rumor that uh, President Trump would, uh, what would he do? He would uh, tear up memos and flush them down the toilet. Can you imagine how many memos Maggot Haberman fished out of the toilet bowls? Maybe that's why he calls her Maggot Haberman, and it has absolutely nothing to do with that her name is Maggie. I mean, what do you think, guys? It's a, yeah, Tam Grawl says, I love Trump's sense of humor. Yep, indeed. <laughs> Ah, okay, that's some good stuff right there, guys. But uh, what a way to kick off a Monday from President Trump. This uh, this statement actually is a few days removed, but uh, it's still worth uh, reading about. Uh, so we were dealing with this entire National Archives and Records Administration uh, drama. And then, of course, Maggot Haberman. She was also one of the ones who was kind of saying, uh, you know, the NARA is after Trump and he's committed a crime. Uh, unlike any other crime before... By any other president or any other cabinet, yeah, sure, we all remember the Clintons, and we all remember, uh, we all remember all of those dealings and doings, and uh, they took some stuff and kept some records too. I think Obama did as well, if memory serves. All right, let's see what our next statement from President Trump is, and we got the January sixth unselect committee. He raises the question. Is the unselect committee still talking about January 6th when a bigger scandal than water break has just been unearthed? What do you think President Trump is talking about there, ladies and gentlemen? The ball is rolling, y'all. The pincers are moving in, okay? Now, I have it on good word. I'm pretty sure all of you guys have it on good word, too, because after all, we don't break news here or make news here. We just share and report the news. Uh, that, that statement's probably revolving around uh, Spygate, Obamagate, and uh, John Durham. You know, we're not going to read the John Durham statement that uh, President Trump just released. Did anyone else notice that he called him Robert Right? Did anyone else notice in the statement he called him Robert Durham? What do you think that was all about? Do you think that was like a maggot Haberman accident? Or do you think that was some kind of really cynical, twisted humor? Was he referring to Robert Mueller? You know, I mean, wh who else is there, Robert, in any, any, of this, uh, any, any of this drama between Russia, Russia and impeachment and Spygate and Obamagate and the FISA warrants? Are there any other Roberts you guys can think of? Because he called him Robert Durham. And I was like, wait a minute. Did we just slip into another Mandela effect here? Has his name always been Robert? What timeline did I wake up in today? I don't quite know. Anyways, guys. <laughs> so, food for thought. Now, we're saving the John Durham statement for when we get to do our John Durham report. We have not been reporting on John Durham. Durham, pardon me. Uh, over here, it's been... We've ha we've been we're about, I don't know, probably like two... Three weeks, maybe a month since we've had a Durham story. But there's been quite the accumulation of reports 
and there's been quite the accumulation of articles. Oh, we're going to have something juicy for you guys when we jump back into John Durham. Let me say, though, with the Texas primaries right around the corner, we're hustling here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to get some more information out. I was just uh, reviewing the candidate for the district I live in. Now, fortunately enough, there's only one Republican running against the Democrat who currently reigns over my district with his uh, Marxist progressive socialist sympathizing. Uh, so I'm hoping that we can get him out. I mean, in my opinion, the congressional representative, representative, I say that rather loosely, who is, um, who is uh, uh, over my district should have been released a long time ago. He should have been kicked to the curb, if not tarred and feather, because I don't know anyone else that can doctor evidence during a presidential impeachment and lived to tell another day. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I got to say. Joaquin Castro, your time is up. Okay, but I don't want to get sidelined into that topic. Uh, the next uh, statement we have from President Trump is another statement about the uh, unselect committee that is at the helm of this uh, January 6th Capitol false flag riot that we all know and have heard about, if not experienced it ourselves, right? Says here, the unselect committee and Nancy Pelosi are completely out of control, harassing innocent people, seizing private phone and bank records, and using the Capitol Police to spy on members of Congress. The rhinos who were recently given support by Mitch McConnell are trying to give legitimacy to a totally illegitimate and Marxist exercise. All the real questions about January 6th are being ignored, like why they are hiding 14,000 hours of video footage and why Nancy Pelosi left the Capitol completely unsecured and denied up to 20,000 National Guard troops as requested by me. They should be looking at the massive evidence of voter fraud, which continues to come out daily and is why everyone was there in the first place. The unselect committee is a cover-up for the real insurrection, which took place on November 3rd. And uh, anyone who's been here long enough at uh, in the audience of the C-Report and to any newcomers or those who might be stumbling upon this show, uh, some of you people who might be enjoying the flavor of the work that we do here, that is one of the main issues that we tackle here at the Sea Report, and that has to do with the insurrection that took place on November 3rd. It has to do with election fraud, and it has to do with why we share so many stories about election integrity and election fraud and making sure that we absolutely... Um, protect the sacredness of our vote, ladies and gentlemen. And we got to make sure that it stays that way. Otherwise, everything else we fight for has no meaning whatsoever. And I think you all can agree with that, ladies and gentlemen, because I've been, uh, I've been saying that in your ears for long enough. So, uh, all right, uh, let's see. Uh, looks like we got some info on this Robert Durham. Let's see if you guys gave us any insights here because I was absolutely like, what is up with this? Now, I know anytime there's a misspelling or, you know, a kofefe moment, 
let's not forget, Kofefe is not just, what was it, iron and aluminum or whatever it is that's supposed to mean. Uh, there's actually a bill called the Kofefe Act of 2016 or 17. Now, Kofefe yeah, might break down to iron and barium or whatever, like, a, 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 like a, anatomical particles and molecules. I will rest with the bill that is called the Kofefe Act of 2016 or 17. I'm pretty sure that that's what that relates to. And I don't, I don't know. Anyways, let's not get distracted on that manner. We'll do, we'll do another report on it, guys. Last time we talked about Kofefe had to have been about a year ago. Anyways, when everyone thought it meant coffee. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, okay. Let's see here. Uh, Tam Grell says, yep, Robert Durham, he made boats. Oh, Okay. So Robert Durham made boats. Yes. Well, we all know that Washington, what, crossed the Delaware on a Durham boat. So uh, is he trying to say then that uh, they're getting in the Durham boats? Is that what, like, we are currently crossing the Delaware? I can tell you what, guys, uh, between, um, between the election fraud and theft that's coming out more and more, the massive evidence, uh, between Durham closing in and spreading uh, and sharing more information, between, uh, between the failure of COVID-19 pre-planned pandemic, it's pretty easy to see why they're trying to ignite a war over in the Russia-NATO area. Now, I say NATO, even though it's Ukraine, because you know it's NATO that wants this war. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit, guys. So, okay, so that's pretty good. That is pretty good. Uh, Tamgrel says that it was a drop. Okay, so what, was this like a delta or something? I'm not sure what that's all. You guys know I don't know a whole lot about that whole Q delta drops and stuff like that. I, I, I just, I gotta trust you guys on that one. Robert Durham designed and built Durham boats for George Washington to cross the Delaware, says Special Patriot 72. Thank you, Special Patriot and Tamgrel for, uh, giving me those insights. Now, I knew about the Durham boats. What are the odds that, what... 250 years later or so, you know, you're going to have a lawyer by the name of Durham. <laughs> oh, the symbology. Uh, there are no such things as coincidences, ladies and gentlemen, but somehow that's a big one if you ask me. You guys are awesome. Casual GG17, good evening. Mez, good evening. How are you doing tonight? Normal is not coming back, but Jesus is. Oh, I like that one, Mez. And uh, you know what? I'll take it. Okay, guys. All right, let's see what we got here for our next, uh, okay, okay, we already read this one. Uh, let's see what we got here for our next Trump statement. Another one, another love letter on this Valentine's Monday. Does anyone know the pagan history of Valentine's Day? I don't. <laughs> I just know it's probably pagan, as most of these holidays are. Okay, let's see what it has to say, ladies and gentlemen. Was it uh, the day of St. Valentine when all the pagans run around in the forest and fornicate? I don't know, guys. You tell me. It says here, funny thing about Susan Collins, who is absolutely atrocious and has been for a long time. I won Maine. Uh, I won Maine. Let me, uh, let me decrease the size of this here a little bit. Okay, to make sure I'm reading it right. I won Maine too, by a lot. Okay, so what's up with this? Uh, I'm pretty sure that there's not a second state of Maine. Um, 
I'm pretty sure he wasn't on Twitter, so he would not to abbreviate the word T-O-O with the number two. What is going on here, guys? Why is President Trump suddenly dropping a lot of code? Okay, <laughs> what is going on? Oh, we must be headed for something, y'all, because, uh, geez, Louise. Okay, so uh, let me, let me, let me begin again. Funny thing about Susan Collins, who's absolutely atrocious and has been for a long time. I won Maine too, by a lot, and those hardworking people attended a rally of many thousands. Just one word about her and the fact that she did not help the fishermen as their rights were taken away from them from the federal government and the lumberjacks. She would have had no chance to win, but I remained silent and positive and allowed her to have her victory. She would have lost in a landslide. Gee, aren't I nice? Oh, Susan! She better be careful. Susan, you in danger, girl. <laughs> Susan is definitely in danger. Now... You know, that's, uh, that is one of those, you see, because clearly President Trump could have made the decision to, uh, I mean, he knew she was a rhino, guys. I mean, she's been there for how long? Oh, okay. Sean Joe, thank you. That was not a drop. That was not President Trump being symbolic or mercurial or main two's the district she's in. <laughs> thank you so much. My audience is so insightful. I so appreciate that because I would have been like searching Q-drops or, you know, just looking like a complete and total, you know what, trying to figure out what the heck is going on here. Um, all right, guys. So thank you. Maine 2, that's the district that she represents, allegedly represents. Okay, that's, uh, that's speaking loosely. Probably, uh, you know, you guys understand what I mean by that. But uh, okay, thank you, Sean Joe. I appreciate that. All right, guys. So uh, what are we saying here? We have, uh, we have Susan in trouble, quite obvious. But now, again, as I was saying, um, this could be, uh, we, we, you know, we talked about trusting endorsements. And, and uh, President Trump has never endorsed Susan Collins. We know this. But keeping them in place or putting certain individuals in place, like, yeah, Mike Pence, you know, or, yeah, Elise Stefanik, eh, people like that, you know, uh, to keep an eye on them, to see what they're going to do to see what they're up to, to see who they talk to, to see their network, to see the moves that they need to make. Now, I granted, in the case of Elise Stefanik, we talked about her last week. I'm not saying that Elise Stefanik is, you know, you know, a turncoat, but I'm just saying Susan Collins is, okay? But she is a rhino, ladies and gentlemen. We know rhinos. And Susan Collins is most definitely one of those individuals. All right. Uh, the last statement we have from President Trump today deals with the power of the endorsement, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now, granted, if you are truly an America First candidate and if you truly have the backing of your people your constituents, you don't necessarily need the endorsement of President Trump. We'll see how that plays out for Rhino Abbott on Tuesday. But uh, let's see what it says here. Could somebody please inform the low-rated political shows that plague our Sunday morning programming that my endorsement of candidates is much stronger today than it was even prior to the 2020 election scam? I am almost unblemished in the victory count. 
and it is considered by the real pollsters to be the strongest endorsement in United States political history. There are plenty of existing politicians who would not be in power now were it not for my endorsement, like the old crow. The fake news does everything within their power to diminish and belittle, but the people know, and the politicians seeking the endorsement really know. And that's where you get uh, that's where you get people like Nancy Mace, right? Where they're uh, they're just so desperate for that endorsement, and then it goes to what someone amazing like Katie Arrington, uh, who received that endorsement from the jump. It's only because of that tragic, um, you know, accident that she was in that uh, we saw anything different from her in regards to performance. But uh, yeah, well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. There is that. So, all right. That wraps up our Trump endorsements. I'm sorry, endorsements. That wraps up our Trump statements for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and uh, just so you guys are aware, uh, tonight's report is brought to you by guys. We this is a doozy, okay? We got a lot of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of sources to cite here. Tonight's report is brought to you by the New York Post, Toss, Merco Press. Healthcare IT News, Channel Daily News, CPO Magazine, Grand Review Research, with dishonorable mentions from the UK Independent, the Business Insider, the Scottish Sun, the Daily Mail United Kingdom, the US Sun, CBS News, Mediate, Newsweek, and PC Magazine. Kind of makes you wonder what we're going to be talking tonight, doesn't it, ladies and gentlemen? All right, let's see. Hey, Duppy, what's going on? Good to see you in the uh, chat room there, sir. All right, let's let's jump into it, guys. We won't waste too much time with the Ghislaine Maxwell and Prince Andrew updates because, well, I mean, first of all, who else is sharing these updates? I'd like to know. Do, you, do any of you guys know what's going on with Ghislaine Maxwell? Um, we have been covering Ghislaine Maxwell and all of her... Uh, her uh, sphere of friends over at Mr. C in the Dark as of recently, but uh, to, to give you guys a real-time update on what's going on, uh, because as you guys know, she is set to have her sentencing in June, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but what's been going on? Because, you know, while we're getting distracted with, uh, well, these are good distractions to have, like election integrity and news about election fraud. I mean, that is the kind of distraction that you want, right? But uh, we all know know that the case of Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein is one of the oldest in the books, one of the most known cases that we, America First, MAGA, uh, MAGA patriots, patriots in general, what were we called before MAGA patriots? What were we called before America First patriot? We were just patriots, right? Uh, oh, wait, I know what we were called. We were called uh, tin foil hat, or it was aluminum foil hat, right? Because, uh, anyways, <laughs> conspiracy theorists, okay? Well, yeah, I, I kind of remember those days. I kind of remember those days, but, you know, conspiracy theorists are like 16 and 0 right now. So, <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take conspiracy realist, ladies and gentlemen, any day of the week. But we got to stay on top of this, because there's some movement going on behind the scenes while we're worried about war in Ukraine and we're worried about, uh, you know, uh, whether or not uh, President Biden's going to poop his pants again. Okay, while we're while we're talking about all those things, there are some um, there are some uh, movement 
in the bowels. Nope, in the bouts, ladies and gentlemen, not the bowels. Come on, guys, get your head out of the toilet. Don't be fishing around that toilet like Maggot Haberman does, okay? <laughs> all right, guys, let's see what we got here. First of all, as we know, she, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell is set for sentencing in June. As we know, uh, two of the jurors came out and admitted to having been sexually abused when they were younger. And as we know, one of those jurors may have lied on his juror interview sheet. And because of that, we have the Ghislaine Maxwell defense team um, seeking to have the case dismissed or seeking to have a retrial on grounds that the juror lied and therefore sabotaged the trial, okay? Now, that's pretty much where we left off the last time we talked about the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, guys. Now, to catch us up to date, we have, um, we have the Ghislaine Maxwell defense team see in seeking this retrial or seeking to have the case dismissed, they actually wanted the terms of that dismissal to remain sealed. Okay. Now the New York post reports that a man at man at a Manhattan federal court judge this past Friday, that would have been, uh, February, what? 12th, 11th, February 11th. Um, the judge denied Ghislaine Maxwell's request to temporarily keep her motion for a new trial under wraps. Judge Allison Nathan ruled the, the request is not necessary to protect the integrity of an, any inquiry and does not fit the standards normally applied to um, in regards to redaction of judicial documents. Now, in a February 1st letter, Maxwell's attorneys had argued that her motion for a new trial should remain under seal, either until the judge ruled on it or until a hearing was held to address the request. So, pretty interesting there. I guess, I mean, that's not big news. It is some news, you know. Why would Ghislaine Maxwell not want to allow the terms of their um, um, inquiry to be public, you know, what, what's the deal with that? I mean, it would appear that uh, perhaps it's because she thought or the, the lawyer team thought that that would uh, give some sort of uh, an advantage to the juror in question. Uh, but we then we get this article out of the UK Independent that basically says Ghislaine Maxwell's defense team is trying to appeal or have a retrial based on what the juror says, but the terms, the terms of that motion don't make any kind of mention about juror bias or juror sabotage. So what's up with that, right? Let's check out what the UK Independent had to say about that, guys. It says here, Ghislaine Maxwell's motion for retrial has been unsealed and it makes no mention of jury bias. Hmm, that's pretty uh, questionable there if you ask me. It says, Ghislaine Maxwell's motion for a new trial makes no mention of the juror her lawyers have loudly accused of bias, court documents show. Lawyers for Maxwell, who was convicted of five, six of five of six sex trafficking, oh, of five sex trafficking charges in December, had previously argued that a juror known as Scotty David, who says he was sexually abused as a child, corrupted the jury selection process and tainted the trial. In a letter to Judge Allison Nathan, the defense implied that this was the basis of their request for a retrial. 
Juror 50's response to the jury questionnaire and questions posed to him during in-person jury selection corrupted the jury selection process and violated Miss Maxwell's right to a fair trial, attorney Christian Everdell wrote. As set forth in the motion, the defense believes that the existing record is clear and more than sufficient for the court to grant Miss Maxwell a new trial without the need for further factual development. In the same letter, Mr. Everdale asked the judge to keep the motion for retrial sealed, along with all other documents related to it. Judge Nathan refused, and both the motion and the defense's memorandum supporting it were unsealed on Saturday. What's inside, oddly, is completely unrelated to the juror. The memo sets forth a number of arguments that Maxwell's trial was unfair, including that the charges were brought too late. Many of the alleged sex acts took place outside of New York, and the conspiracy charges overlapped, and therefore should not count as separate crimes. Oh, oh, I get it. Since all of these crimes were under the lap, uh, no pun intended, of uh, human trafficking, let's not account for each of the victims. Let's just put it all under one roof. Human trafficking and maybe sexual abuse uh, and rape. But, uh, I mean, come on. Uh, There could be four victims. There could be hundreds of victims. But they shouldn't count It should be the crime, not the victim, right? I guess that's kind of what they're trying to say here. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. It says here, the proof at trial established at most a single conspiracy, Maxwell's lawyer wrote. But no mention is made of Scotty David, nor does the memo even address the questions of whether a sexually abused person should have been able to serve on the jury or whether that juror answered the pretrial questionnaire honestly. Scotty David's answer to those questions are sealed. The memo's silence on those issues was startling, considering how aggressively Maxwell's lawyers had pursued them before. Uh, Let's see, Lucia Osborne Crowley wrote, It seems safe to assume that he never misled anybody and did nothing wrong. But the defense team got everybody to attack him and blame him anyway. Miss Maxwell vigorously asserts that she did not receive a fair trial because of Juror 50's presence on the jury and potentially the presence of other jurors who were victims of sexual abuse. Mr. Everdell had written in his letter to Judge Nathan. Okay, so I don't know, guys. It sounds like tricky business going on over there as per the huge, you know. And so before something really crazy happens here out of left field or quite possibly expected, uh, we're going to make sure we keep you guys up to date as much as possible. It's been like what? Even though we've been going over Ghislaine Maxwell and Leslie Wexner and Jeffrey Epstein, the mob, the U.S. government and human trafficking in the dark at Mr. Seen the Dark, uh, it's still been some weeks since we've had any uh, word on what's going on in the Glenn Maxwell case. Oh, Lord. I didn't mean to skip to that picture so quick. Sorry, guys. Uh, but uh, before we move on to Prince Andrew, I know it's going to be distracting with that guy's face on the screen. Okay, I'm sorry, but... Before we go on to Prince Andrew, uh, just to wrap up the Ghislaine Maxwell uh, story here, uh, the insider does report that Ghislaine Maxwell's defense team wants the judge to totally vacate 
the guilty verdict. So in other words, just drop it, okay? So what, what's behind, well, we know what's behind all this, of course, you know, they're trying to do their job, however. But it says here, attorneys for convicted child sex trafficker Ghislaine Maxwell have asked the judge overseeing her case to vacate the jury's guilty verdict, arguing her trial in December was not fair. And of course, as we said on Friday, Maxwell's lawyers filed that lengthy legal memorandum and Judge Allison Nathan basically declined. So uh, they're going to keep on doing it. So now they're just totally telling the judge just to drop it. Okay, so aside from a mistrial, aside from, uh, aside from a retrial, they just want them to totally drop the situation. Okay. All right, guys. Hey, Khaleesi2020, good evening, and thank you for gifting the cookie over there at uh, the foxhole.app and pill.net. Much appreciated, my friend, and uh, thanks for joining us tonight. And it uh, looks like we got the speak uneasy in the house. Texas gal, good evening, Texas gal. Haven't seen you in a minute, ma'am, and it's good to see you again. CJM61, good evening, sir. Hope you are doing well on this Monday evening. Okay, and what else do we got going on over here? Uh, Gabe at House 99. Yes, uh, good evening, Gabe at House 99. Thanks for joining us over at Twitch. Okay, let's talk about Prince Andrew. Okay, because uh, we already got enough. Look at those child chompers, ladies and gentlemen. Like, I just got to say it. All right, so what's new in the world of Prince Andrew other than the fact that his court dates are coming up rather quickly? Uh, well, you know, we had his court date where he was denied, uh, you know, uh, th them throwing this case out because it wasn't what it was over in New York and she's in Australia and all this other garbage in regards to, uh, uh Virginia Roberts, Jufri. Uh, well, it appears that this infamous, this now infamous photo. All right. You guys might remember this photo here. That is a photo of young Virginia Roberts Jufree, uh, who was just Virginia Roberts back then, and Prince Andrew with his hand around her waist, uh, has come up into question. And what, uh, what Prince Andrew wants now, ladies and gentlemen, is he is seeking to get that photo from Virginia Roberts Jufree because he is intent on proving that this is a fake photo. So they are demanding that Virginia Roberts Jufree hand this photo over, okay? Even though this is probably like her evidence, right? Now, again, guys, I will remind that when this photo was circulating a few months ago, it did not include Ghislaine Maxwell in the picture. I think, you know, it cut off right about, uh, right about the crook of uh, Robert's elbow right there. Uh, but yeah, so here you go. You got Ghislaine Maxwell. You got uh, Prince Andrew. You got Virginia Roberts Jufree in this photograph. He wants the photo, ladies and gentlemen. He wants the photo. So let's see. We got an article here, guys, to share with you all. This is from uh, the Daily Mail UK. As this uh, story develops, there's a lot of development coming from this story. Now, it says here, uh, headline, Prince Andrew's lawyers have asked his accuser, Virginia Roberts, to hand over the original photograph of them together at Ghislaine Maxwell's home amid claims that it is not authentic. Let's see what this has to say. It says Prince Andrew's lawyers have asked his accuser, Virginia Roberts, to produce the original version of the notorious photograph showing the pair together at Ghislaine Maxwell's London home amid claims that it is a fake. Uh, 
A U.S. lawyer working for the Duke of York has arranged for a photographic expert to study the original if they can access it, according to the I newspaper. Andrew Brettler, an attorney working for the Queen's son on the case, hopes the expert will cast doubt on the photograph's authenticity. Miss Roberts, who now goes by her married name of Jufri, spoke of the photo's whereabouts in 2016, saying then that it could be in a moving boxes, it could be in moving boxes at her in-laws' home in Sydney, Australia, full of Nerf guns, kids' toys, and photos. She claims the picture that shows a smiling 41-year-old Prince Andrew with his arm around her waist when she was 17 and Maxwell standing behind the pair in a doorway was taking the same night the Duke allegedly sexually assaulted her the first time. Prince Andrew and his legal team are contesting a civil case in New York launched by Ms. Jufri last August in which she alleges Andrew assaulted her three times. He has vehemently denied the allegations since they were first made public. The Duke of York's legal team has tried repeatedly to get the case thrown out before it reaches a courtroom, but have so far failed. In the meantime, Andrew's position within the British royal family has deteriorated. He stepped down from the royal duties in 2019 and returned to his patronages and military title and returned his patronages and military titles earlier this year as the case reaching court became more likely. The image, first released in the media in 2011, has gone on to become synonymous with the Duke, the accusations, his ongoing legal battle, and questions over his relationship with the late billionaire pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. Miss Roberts claims she was trafficked by Epstein and Maxwell, the latter's facing up to 40 years in prison after she was convicted of a string of sex offenses in New York, although she has filed a request for a retrial. The photo was reportedly taken in March at Maxwell's London apartment and has been reproduced countless of times around the world after Miss Roberts, known as Miss Jufri after her marriage, shared it with the Mail on Sunday. Gaining access to the image has been an ambition of Andrew's lawyers ever since, but they are yet to provide any evidence themselves that it is not genuine. Okay, uh, let's see. Let's just check this out real quick. Prince Andrew's road to court. Miss Roberts is suing Prince Andrew in New York over claims she was trafficked by pedophile financier Epstein and forced to have sex with the prince on three occasions when she was 17. It emerged this month that Duke of York is set to, to Miss is set to Miss Roberts' lawyers in London on March 10th, where he will testify under oath according to sources. All right, guys, so we got a date here. March 10th is when the Duke of York is set to Miss Roberts' lawyers, okay? Uh, it says here, we agreed to voluntarily produce the Duke for a deposition on March 10th. Despite repeated requests, Miss Jufri, Miss Roberts, still has not committed to a date or location for her deposition um, a source close to the Duke said the prince is being prepared by his UK based legal team as he readies himself to face a grilling over the span of two days by David Boys, 80, one of America's most renowned and feared attorneys and Sigrid Macaulay. Andrew, who was stripped of all his military titles and peerages, Last month, after the case was confirmed as going to trial, will be questioned about three alleged assaults in 2001. All right. And of course, it says Andrew claims he never met Miss Jufri. I mean, yeah, Miss Jufri. Uh, he wants an original copy of the photo. 
And Ms. Roberts' lawyer, David Boys, has previously said Virginia has said for years that her role in facilitating other young women's involvement is something that she has always regretted. But the fact doesn't have anything to do with the truth of her allegations. The Duke has submitted 11 reasons why the case should be dismissed, including that Ms. Jufri's claims are barred by the doctrine of consent and by her own wrongful conduct. But his attempts have so far been dismissed by judges, meaning he now needs to formally answer the accusations against him. Andrews has had eight admissions limited to information already public, such as that he is a UK citizen and resides at Royal Lodge on the Windsor Estate. He admits his walk with Epstein in Central Park in 2010 and staying at the pedophile's Manhattan mansion on the same trip, both caught on camera. But in his rebuttal of Miss Roberts' complaint, Andrew denies he ever sexually abused her and refuses to admit or deny her assertions that she was a victim of Epstein. He even denies being a close friend of Epstein's girlfriend, Maxwell, despite photographic evidence of their relationship over the years. Very interesting, guys. Very interesting. And let me tell you why. Because the drama does not end there, ladies and gentlemen. Now, now, now we have some dates. He's going to be deposed on March 10th. That's good. Put it in your notes. See what we can get out of that, guys. But uh, there's some more drama coming. I mean, it is, this does not bode well for Prince Andrew. Because all of this is really proving him to be a liar, 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 pants on fire kind of guy. Okay, when we're talking about Ghislaine Maxwell and her relationship to Prince Andrew, there is, there is some question. Oh, there's not just some question. There is a lot of evidence that Ghislaine Maxwell and Prince Andrews were involved. And at some point, it seems that they may have even been considered an item. All right, so let's check it out what we got here. We have an article coming out of the Scottish Sun. Of all places, uh, I don't I don't do quite well with the Scottish ap- accent, Gabe at House ninety nine, so I won't bother. Uh, but here it says in this article headline: Ghislaine Maxwell introduced as Prince Andrew's ex girlfriend on Buckingham Palace tour with Bill Clinton. Oh, because the next thing you know, he's going to say he never hang hun- he never hanged out or hung out with Bill Clinton, right? Like that's probably the next thing that he'll say. So uh, let's see here. Ghislaine Maxwell was introduced as Prince Andrew's ex-girlfriend on a Buckingham Palace tour. Despite his denials, they were close. It says, our photo shows him and the sex trafficker 60 with former U.S. President Bill Clinton in the background. Now there's Billy Boy right there looking at something. Uh, See, it goes on here. Oh, there's a picture of Ghislaine Maxwell with, uh, what is the name of that perv? Um, Kevin Spacey, right? Now, it says here, the Duke of York is pointing, oh, while another woman with Maxwell wears a t-shirt reading, God Save the Queen, Andrew, 61, denied being a close pal of Maxwell in legal papers filed as a response to Virginia Dufresne Roberts, or Virginia Roberts Dufresne, 38, who is suing him for alleged sexual assault. But a member of the Palace Tour party in 2002 told The Sun on Sunday, Ghislaine was described to me as an ex-girlfriend of Andrew. The impression we all had was that there was some relationship there. They clearly knew each other very well. She was very friendly and cheery. 
Maxwell and shamed actor Kevin Spacey were also seen sat on thrones smirking. The source added, We walked in the main gates and Ghislaine showed us where we needed to be. She knew her way around. The picture was taken 18 months after Andrew is alleged to have had sex with 17-year-old uh, Virginia at Maxwell's London home. It shows Andrew, Maxwell, Mr. Clinton, and the woman in the ballroom. They were all also in the throne room where Maxwell and Spacey sat on chairs of a state used in the 1953 coronation. The former U.S. president had spent the previous week on a tour of Africa with Maxwell and Spacey, who, is, who has apologized for his behavior with a 14-year-old boy, but has not been convicted of any crime. Andrew denies sexual abuse and promised to fight Virginia's claims in U.S. court. Maxwell faces 40 years jail for trafficking victims for billionaire pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. <clears throat> it says here, uh, and so it goes on to talk a little bit about Maxwell's trial, which we've already covered. And uh, there again is that infamous photo. Okay. And there is, ugh. Ugh. There we go. Okay. That's Maxwell sitting before the United Nations. Okay, guys. So, but wait, that's not all, ladies and gentlemen. That is not all. Um, so we already, so caught on a lie, guys. And if you guys have ever seen any photos of um, Roberts, I mean, uh, sorry, not of Roberts, of Maxwell and uh, Andrew, um, there's a lot of them, guys. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of photos, but uh, it gets worse, okay? Now, uh, this article I have here, and then we'll wrap it up as far as Ghislaine Maxwell and Prince Andrew updates go for tonight. This article in particular is talking about a former lover or girlfriend of Prince Andrew, who is now vocally accusing him of using her as bait. Okay, so uh, let's see what this one has to say here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this should be uh, pretty interesting to follow. This is coming from, uh, let me see here. This is coming from the U.S. Sun. Prince Andrew's ex, Lady Victoria Hervey, says Ghislaine Maxwell used her as bait to fish for girls for Epstein to abuse. Prince Andrew's ex, Lady Prince Andrew's ex, Lady Victoria Hervey, claims that Ghislaine Maxwell used her as bait to fish for girls for pedo Jeffrey Epstein to abuse. The 44-year-old socialite said Maxwell used her as bait to entertain Epstein's friends and said the convicted pedophile kind of sat back and sort of waited for her to sort of go fishing for girls. So this is interesting here because, again, how are you going to say that uh, you didn't really know anything about, uh, you know, Ghislaine Maxwell, Prince Andrew, when your ex is saying that they hung out all the time? All right, let's see what other detail we can get from here before we move on. It says here, oh, and there's a photo of Maxwell and Lady Hervey. I guess that's her name, right? Lady Hervey or Hervey. I don't know. Uh, it says here, uh, Lady Victoria, who is the daughter of the sixth Marquis of Bristol, told an ITV documentary that she met her. She met the pair 20 years ago and said she was really young and naive at the time. In a clip released, um. <clears throat> Lady Victoria said Maxwell and Epstein were like Batman and Robin and were a double act. She said Jeffrey was really the front man and Ghislaine was the accomplice. It was kind of like a Batman and Robin and they were a double act. I don't think Jeffrey could have done any of it without Ghislaine. 
Uh, presenter Ranveer Singh said, and Ghislaine was crucial to getting those girls. Was she, do you think, to those dinners? Lady Vic responded, I think he just kind of sat back and sort of waited for her to sort of go fishing and go find however many girls were needed, you know, to entertain his friends. I think I was pretty much used as bait. You know, looking back at, you know, I was really young and naive and she's entertaining these, you know, big businessmen. So I didn't realize it, of course, at the time. But looking back, the revelation comes as a hotly anticipated documentary on the prince's relationship with Epstein to Maxwell is set to air on ITV. And it follows news the prince will now face his sex abuse accuser, Virginia Jufri, in a New York court later this year. Andrew also had his royal title and honorary military titles stripped by the Queen on Thursday. Okay, so if you guys want to know any more about this brand spanking new documentary, uh, the documentary is called Ghislaine, Prince Andrew, and the Pedophile. And uh, we will actually be doing a watch party tonight, ladies and gentlemen, after the C-Report airs. So if you'd like to join us for that, if you guys haven't gotten your fill of Ghislaine Maxwell and all her debauchery, uh, we'll be watching that brand. It's a brand new documentary, Ghislaine, Prince Andrew, and the Pedophile. Now, the rest of this article, basically, Lady Victoria goes on to say that she thinks that Ghislaine is a victim in all of this and that she should not be held accountable and she should not go to jail. Ghislaine, Ghislaine, Ghislaine was a victim, 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 victim. Okay. Ghislaine might have, she says Ghislaine started off as a victim and then she just kind of changed teams and she decided to become a part of it. I'm guessing she's talking about, what is that, that, uh, that syndrome called where you start falling in love with your captors and your victims, uh, stock, Stockholm syndrome, right? And, and so she thinks that Ghislaine should not be held accountable because she started as a victim. I don't know, guys, I'm not a juror on that trial. So I'm just going to say, uh, we all know she reportedly took a lot of children. So we'll leave that there, guys. But uh, all right. So uh, uh, Ghislaine, Prince Andrew, and the pedophile will be uh, doing a watch party tonight here at Mr. C TV or the Mr. C channel, wherever it is that you happen to be at. And uh, hopefully we will see you guys there after the C report. Okay, guys. Now we're going from a uh, British accent to a Scottish accent to a Russian accent, ladies and gentlemen. Let's do a quick update on what's going on over on that side of the world between Russia and NATO. Now, I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys are familiar with uh, some, of the, uh, some of the things going on, right? Some of the things that are going on here. We have, for example, uh, just released the United States has closed its embassy in Kyiv. And uh, it's relocating to Western cities per the State Department. We just had a uh, we just had a, a State Department uh, presser not long ago. Today it was like what sometime in the afternoon. Go uh, again talking about war, talking about Russian aggression, etc., etc., etc. We have the United States maintaining that Russia will strike at any minute, right, and that they're going to sack Kiev or Kiev, however you want to pronounce it. Um, and we even have uh, the uh, uh, some representatives from France who are saying that everything is in place for a massive Russian attack on Ukraine. Okay, uh, and 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 as to be expected, 
We have every globalist propaganda press agency out there parroting Russian aggression talking points. Here's a good example. This is from Mediate.com. It says here, breaking. Ukraine President Voldemar Zelensky warns country is expecting Russia to attack on Wednesday. All right, so we know the date. We don't know the hour, but the Russians are coming on Wednesday for Ukraine, guys. Now, I think it's pretty interesting that they can actually put a day on this. Let's see what this, uh, let's see what this article has to say about that. It says, Ukrainian President Voldemar Zelensky said his country is expecting an attack later this week, CNN reported. In a message Zelensky posted on social media, the Ukrainian president said his administration has been informed that his country will be attacked on Wednesday, February 16th. I wonder who told Zelensky that. You guys think that maybe it was uh, CNN who told him that? Probably. It says Zelensky reportedly declined to identify the source of his information, but the announcement comes amid sharp recent increase in tensions between Ukraine and Russia. Meanwhile, CNN's Natasha Bertrand reported that the U.S. is moving its Ukraine embassy operations out of Kyiv in response to a buildup of Russian armed forces. And uh, here is um, a statement released from the uh, Department of the Deep State here today. Uh, and it's, well, we'll, we'll read that real quick since uh, we're here. It says, uh, I have no higher priority than the safety and security of Americans around the world. And that, of course, includes our colleagues serving at our posts overseas. My team and I constantly review the security situation to determine when prudence dictates a change in posture. With that in mind, we are in the process of temporarily relocating our embassy operations in Ukraine from our embassy in Kiev to Lviv due to the dramatic acceleration in the buildup of Russian forces. The embassy will remain engaged in the Ukrainian, uh, with the Ukrainian government. A coordinating diplomatic engagement in Ukraine. We are also continuing our intensive diplomatic efforts to de-escalate the crisis. I have not seen any evidence that the deep state department is doing anything to de-escalate anything in Russia and in Ukraine. I mean, it's just bold-faced lies and rhetoric at this point. The, these prudent precautions in no way undermine our support of our commitment to Ukraine our commitment to Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity is unwavering. We also continue our sincere efforts to reach a diplomatic solution. Sincere, right? They have to use that, what, that, uh, that word before that? Sincere, yep, sincere, very sincere. I'm sure you guys are sincere in your uh, unwavering integrity and uh, efforts to reach a dip diplomatic solution. It says that uh, they remain engaged with the Russian government following President Biden's call with President Putin and uh, my discussion with Foreign Minister Lavrov. The path for diplomacy remains available if Russia chooses to engage in good faith. Again, like we see right through this ruse, this subterfuge did not last longer than a minute past a day. Okay, did not last that long at all. We, we clearly see who the aggressor is here particularly when we consider all the factors outside of the Mockingbird press and propaganda media that are trying to force us to believe that we are uh, trying to save the sovereignty of Ukraine. 
Now, why would I say try and save the sovereignty of Ukraine like just like that, guys? <laughs> well, let's see. We had this report come out about uh, President Zelensky saying they're going to be attacked on Wednesday. And then we get this report an hour later. Ukraine, Zelensky says, Russian attack is February 16th. The advisor backtracks. Okay, so what's this all about? It says here, uh, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky posted a video on Facebook saying the country was informed that Russia would attack on February 16th, but his office has since said he was apparently being ironic. What does that even mean? Why, why would a president be ironic about a statement? He could have been being sarcastic. I could understand that. Because at this point, based on everything that we've seen between, I don't know, NATO, the deep state department, Ukraine and Russia and Biden... Uh, they're frustrated with the United States of America for, uh, you know, pushing all of these uh, rumors of war. That's what it seems like to me. It says here, during the eight-minute video addressing the nation, Zelensky said, we are told that February 16th will be the day of the attack. We will make it, to, we will make it the day of unity. The relevant decree has already been signed. On this day, we will hoist national flags, put on blue and yellow ribbons, and show the world our unity. However, Ukrainian officials say the president was being ironic when he made his comments about the possible invasion date and that he was not being literal, CNN reporter Von Sterling tweeted. The message from the Ukrainian leader and former comedian came amid concerns that Russia could invade the ex-Soviet country as more troops amass along the Ukrainian border. President Joe Biden's administration had previously warned that an invasion of Ukraine could be imminent, with the Associated Press reporting that U.S. intelligence indicating Russia was looking at Wednesday as the target date for an attack, but a source said they were unable to confirm how definitive the timeline or intelligence was. Guys, this is a mess, okay? This is a total mess because let's let's just President Zelensky has already said, "I am the president over here and I think we know better than the United States if Russia is going to attack." Okay? Oh, so this guy's funny, right? Zelensky's funny. That's why they say, you know, we, let's not forget he was a comedian, he was an actor first, but ladies and gentlemen, this is just this is turning into a quite, uh, quite the carnival, if you ask me. It's, it's getting pretty crazy over there. Uh, so let's see. The Deep State Department told Newsweek, we believe they are in a position where they can invade any time. President Putin has a choice before him. Diplomacy and de-escalation, because we certainly aren't going to de-escalate anything, but we're trying to maintain the ruse of diplomacy. That's from the Deep State Department. Okay, I'm a funny guy. It says here, the Russian military has more than 100,000 ground troops near Ukraine's eastern border and uh, southern border. That's uh, over 120 miles away from the border, I might add. Russia also has deployed missile, air, naval, and special operation forces. Well, let's not forget that, you know, uh, the United States of America has deployed several thousand troops to uh, uh, surrounding countries. Let's not forget that they have five naval warships over there in the Mediterranean and the Baltic. Let's not forget that they are running 
operations and what, what was it called? They were running, uh, they were running special operations and, uh, you know, testing and, and uh, war games, basically, on a schedule that was not even uh, part of their uh, December scheduling. It wasn't even published that way. So what's going on with that? I mean, we remember all of that, guys. It wasn't that long ago. We're only in, what, mid-February, okay? Uh, so a lot of more war posturing on the side of the United States, NATO, and the Deep State Department is clearly what we see going on here. It says here, and let us not forget this, guys. It says the Ukrainian government and Zelensky previously criticized the United States for overemphasizing the danger of Russia invading the country. Okay. Following Zelensky's statement, Secretary of State Antony Blinken said the United States was in the process of temporarily relocating our embassy operations from Kiev to Lviv due to the dramatic accelerating buildup. This is all of that. It's a false flag, says Ned Price. It's a dramatic acceleration, says Antony Blinken. Like, we just don't buy it. The American public does not buy anything that is coming out of the deep state department or across their desk. Just, we don't believe it. Okay. We don't believe it. We're not falling for it. We don't agree with it. We got this article coming out of TASS. It says Kiev does not see signs. Russia will invade Ukraine. Security council chief saith. This is dated the 14th. Ukraine's national security and defense council Secretary Alexei Danilov on Monday said that the government does not see any signs that Russia could invade Ukraine in the middle of this week. We understand the risks that exist on the territory of our country, but the situation is absolutely under control, he told reporters. Moreover, we don't see a full-blown Russia, a Russian offensive taking place on the 16th or the 17th. We aren't planning for that, and we don't see that now. It's, it could be quite possible, guys, that Russia's not going to attack on the 16th and the 17th, but NATO is, and the deep state is. That's pretty, it's, it's possible. I wouldn't doubt it for one sec. You know, they're already claiming false flags, and they need a war. They got Durham. They got election integrity. They have, uh, they have the failing COVID-19 uh, planned pandemic narrative. They need a war like they have never needed a war before. Oh, not to mention the economy that's crashing, right? Let's not forget about that with the massive inflation and then they're going to raise rates. Oh, guys, dollar's going to tank, okay? They need a war, okay? That's why they're ignoring the fact that everyone sees through their propaganda lies. They're like, maybe if we stand still, no one will see us. Ah, or, or, or maybe if we lie loud and we lie long and we look like we believe our own words, which we don't even believe Ned Price when he's standing up there and you can tell he's reading, his voice is shaking, he's got the good old shifty eye, and then he, uh, and then he clams up and his voice cracks when you get like a seasoned reporter holding him to task, Ned Price, I'm not going to get rude on you tonight, boy, but come on. Anyways... It says here, uh, he said that the Ukrainian intelligence sees no threat of Russian invasion in the near future that the West is talking about. The official said the authorities are fully aware of the current state of affairs in Ukraine. We, uh, we have a clear vision of what to do and how to do it, Danilov said. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov said that the statements about a possible Russian invasion of Ukraine were unsubstantiated escalation and that Russia does not threaten anyone 
At the same time, he did not rule out provocations to corroborate these Western statements and warned that the use of force to resolve the crisis in southern Ukraine will have serious consequences. So you see, because of the way that we are provoking Russia, there could be serious consequences because our deep state department needs a war to cover for their butts. And that's right. President Zelensky is just looking at illegitimate Joe like, why are you doing this, man? <laughs> Come on, man. Why are you doing this? Or more, uh, maybe it's more like a look of pity. Maybe, maybe President Zelensky's like, you poor old bat. Like, you are getting your face, your name, and your family just smeared through the mud. I mean, of course, Zelensky may not realize how much mud the Biden family enjoys, you know, dancing in or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy, guys. Like, uh, it's pretty insane that the American public, if a layman like me can see through all this propaganda, and I know my audience definitely can, Come on, man. Like, seriously, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's pretty sad, guys. <laughs> it is pretty sad. Let's wrap this up. Russia-NATO war over Ukraine remains a distant possibility, okay? So we got this article coming from Merco Press. This is, uh, I think, the South Atlantic News Press Agency. What do they have to say? Let's get a perspective from someone that's uh, on a different side of the world, right? On a different side of the planet. These guys say Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky responding to a warning by NATO said, I don't consider the situation now more tense than before. That's because Jake Sullivan, the known lying liar, the man who has been fingered in the John Durham indictments, you know they're coming for him, guys. Why do you think NATO, need, NATO needs a war? The deep state department needs a war. Because John Durham's already put his finger on this man right here, Jake Sullivan, okay? They need a war, okay? He says here, We believe there is a distinct possibility that Vladimir Putin will order an attack. And now they have set the date for Wednesday, February 16th, or Thursday, February 17th. President Zelensky says, probably not going to happen. We don't see that. It says... How could all those expensive American and British intelligence agencies get things so wrong? Well, they got Iraq's alleged weapons of mass destruction wrong in 2003, didn't they? Let's see here. On January 18th, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, Soros surrogate, said that our assessment has been that a Russian invasion of Ukraine could happen any time between mid-January and mid-February. On January 28th, U.S. Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman said the United States sees every indication that Russian President Vladimir Putin is going to use military force sometime perhaps between now and the middle of February. And on February 6th, Jake Sullivan, National Security Advisor to President Biden, Resident Biden, told ABC's This Week, we believe there is a distinct possibility that Vladimir Putin will order an attack on Ukraine. It could happen as soon as tomorrow. Or it could take some weeks yet. It's like predicting the end of the world. 
you have to be specific and consistent about the date, but you also have to leave yourself some wiggle room in case the apocalypse does not arrive on time. So mid-February has quietly slid downstream and some weeks extends the charade, possibly into early March. It's not clear whether any of these officials really believes these dire predictions since... There are other plausible reasons why they might utter them to whip the European to whip the European NATO allies into line or simply to restore illegitimate Joe's reputation as a determined leader standing up for freedom after his less than stellar performance in the Afghan debacle last August, which is even funnier because that would mean that illegitimate Joe's like, no, I'm going to protect your freedom even if you don't want me to. Like, come on, man. Like, what the heck? Okay. But even if the Americans really do believe what they are saying, the prospective victims here of the imminent Russian invasion are Ukraine's own leaders. They clearly do not. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky responding to a warning by NATO Secretary General Jen Stolenberg on January 27th that current Russian troop movements could lead to a fully-fledged Russian invasion said, I don't consider the situation now more tense than before. There is a feeling abroad that there is war here. That is not the case. I am not saying an escalation is not possible, but we don't need the panic. Ladies and gentlemen, let that sit in for you. If you are a member of this audience per the usual, or if you are for the first time stumbling upon this broadcast, the president of Ukraine, the man who runs the country, has just said there is a feeling abroad that there is war here. That is not the case. I am not saying an escalation is not possible, but we don't need the panic. Allow that to marinate just for a minute, ladies and gentlemen, because this man is clearly saying America and their intelligence has it wrong. And the man, who is the neighbor of the alleged threatening country, he's like, we're having, he's like, we're having espresso together and sharing cigars, but yet the American press and the Western press is spreading all these lies about us going to war. I think that the uh, Putin-Zelensky, you know, team up here has already done its job. They've already proven the Western press to be liars, propagandists, and a danger, not only to the American public, but to the public of the world. They've also proven the illegitimacy of this administration through all of the lies that are leaking through their propaganda and their rhetoric. Good job, guys. Good job. We all have a common enemy here, the American people and President Zelensky and President Putin. And that is the deep state cabal elitist globalist filth trash that are trying to take over this world and use the fog of war in order to distract everyone from their failures and their misdeeds. A hundred percent, ladies and gentlemen. Let's finish this article. It says, and Ukraine's foreign minister, Dmitry Kuleba, added on February 2nd that the Russian troops near Ukraine's border are insufficient for a large-scale military operation. But how could all those expensive American and British intelligence agencies get things so wrong? Let's just repeat it. Well, they got Iraq's alleged weapons of mass destruction wrong in 2003, didn't they? 
In fact, they cooked the evidence then to justify their master's desire to invade Iraq. Oh, let's not forget Libya and that little video that sent all of the Islamic extremists into a uh, into a a, a massive uh, a warmongering stance against uh, you know the uh, <laughs> against the force the American forces there. It says they're not above going back into the kitchen to serve their current master's needs, or maybe they're just not bright, very bright. Last week's story of an alleged Russian plot to shoot a very graphic fake video. You guys remember that? We played the video. Not of the uh, graphic fake Ukrainian false flag, but of Ned Price standing up there choking as a seasoned press member asked him for the proof. And he's like, I just said it. I am the proof. My words are the proof. What I just said is the proof. Hear me now again, seasoned member of the press. I am the proof. So as I stand here bent over this podium with my master's hand, you know where, I am the proof. You don't need proof. I am the proof. Couldn't hack it. Where did they get these people from? Is he a millennial? Anyways, okay. It says here, last week's story of an alleged Russian plot to shoot a very graphic fake video of a Ukrainian attack involving corpses, blast damage, Ukrainian military hardware, including Turkish-made drones and actors playing Russian-speaking mourners, all to justify a Russian invasion of Ukraine, was beneath contempt. Even American journalists, not always hypercritical when presented with official intelligence data, challenged this heap of awful and State Department spokesman Ned Price had to fall back on questioning their patriotism to stop the questions. Behind all this nonsense, however, there are real strategies at work. Putin's goal is to neutralize NATO's military presence near Russia's borders as much as possible. And that's the way it's been since 1993, okay? And at least to neutralize Ukraine. Oh, and at the least to neutralize Ukraine. He's already said he's not, that's not his goal. He's already said that's not his goal. He's called Ukraine, uh, the Ukrainian people, you know, their brothers, okay? And uh, all he wants is for Ukraine to respect the wishes of the people who want to be in their own republic. Aside from, you know, not joining NATO, but I mean, the NATO states don't even want Ukraine in there. They've already said, no, we're never going to let Ukraine in. So they're just using Ukraine, period, exploiting Ukraine you know, it's like Ukraine is that one that wants to be a part of the gang. And they're like, oh, well, let's get Ukraine to go steal some cigarettes for us. And then Ukraine goes and steals cigarettes for them. And then they just push them to the curb. And they say, ha, we weren't going to let you in the club anyways. But thanks for the cigarettes. Thanks for the smoke, Ukraine. Okay. That's a terrible analogy, but it's true. It is already stated NATO policy not to fight for Ukraine, although it threatens sanctions if Russia invades. And while Moscow gains leverage from its unspoken threat to invade Ukraine, actually doing so would cripple Russia economically and might even end Putin's rule because Ukrainians would fight and the occupation would be a nightmare. Knowing all of this, the Ukrainians are relatively relaxed about the crisis. Putin never overplays his hand in this sort of situation. Consider Georgia in 2006, Crimea and Donbass in 2014, and Syria in 2015. So he'll eventually take whatever he can get in terms of concessions on NATO dispositions in Eastern Europe, if anything, and shut the crisis down. And NATO only loses if it loses its nerve. It is not illegitimate for Eastern Europe, uh, European countries that spent half a century under what amounted to a Soviet military occupation to seek reassurances by joining the rival alliance once they are free, 
especially since it does not create any significant military threat to their former overlords. Russian historical obsessions with invasion from the West, from Napoleon to Hitler, do not justify limiting Polish or Estonian sovereignty today. Current NATO military forces would be completely incapable of invading Russia, even if nuclear weapons did not exist. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is a perspective from the southern tip of the world. <laughs> Isn't it interesting how they view these uh, the the politics of uh, what's happening? It's always it's always an interesting thing to say. See, I think, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am in this case. So it's it's pretty crazy, guys. It's it's pretty sad that everyone and their mama can see what's really going on here, and yet you have NATO and the illegitimate administration of Joe Biden, etc. From uh, stopping what they're doing, okay? Stopping what they're doing. They need a war. They need cover. They need uh. They need some distraction, guys. That's basically what's going on here. All right, guys, that's going to move us on to our next topic. It's the topic everyone's afraid of. Don't, don't ask me why. Um, we got two really pretty good stories coming out of this topic tonight. Uh, as we shift gears away from updates of rumors of war and away from, uh, away from the, uh, the trials of pedophiles, etc., uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the future of the Internet. I don't know if any of you all have heard about... Uh, something called quicks. Now, don't get me wrong. You look at a word like that, and the first thing you think is cucks, right? Like A-U-X, ox, cucks, quicks, yeah. Well, they say it's pronounced quicks, guys. And uh, I am dropping my links in the chat room there, guys. So uh, if you uh, are over at pilled.net or the foxhole.app, look for my account over at pilled. Make sure you follow my account. And if you are over at uh, how you say the foxhole.app, favorite this show. That way you guys can get notifications anytime I go live. And uh, you'll never miss a live episode. But of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you don't get to catch us live, you know, you can always catch the replays over at Rumble, um, over here at the foxhole.app. And um, you can also check out our uh, podcast, ladies and gentlemen, over at anchor.fm slash the C report. And uh, absolutely, we thank you guys again for being with us tonight as we roundabout wrap it up on this topic. We're going to talk about the future of the Internet. We're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about some other things that actually follow this topic rather closely that I think are absolutely important, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as uh, it has a lot of uh, there's a lot of gravity behind this, ladies and gentlemen, about the story we're about to share with you guys uh, thank you all for being here again. Thank you for any uh, donations you sent this way, gold pills or otherwise. And then also I threw in our links for our cash app and our PayPal as well, because uh, that definitely helps us uh, keep the lights on. And, uh, you know, uh, you, the, the packages that it costs to do live streaming and stuff, etc. That's where uh, that's where y'all's donations go to. So thank you again for that. We appreciate your support. Now, let's talk about quicks, guys. Uh, there's a lot of controversy over quicks, okay? And, uh, well, I'm speaking on Quix tonight because it's about to go live, pretty much. Uh, from what I understand, sometime this month, maybe the beginning of next month, and not a lot of people know about it. 
There's been a lot of uh, disinformation out there about it, uh, just from its name all the way to what it actually is. Okay, now QUIC stands for the Quantum User Experience, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Quix is basically um, saying that they are revolutionizing the internet and the way that we use the internet or the way that we get onto the internet uh, by uh, having its own uh, interface, hardware, firmware, all this other stuff. So basically what it boils down to for my understanding is that um, anyone who is part of, who, who, who gets on Quix is uh, basically protecting their data, uh, protecting their searches, protecting their bank accounts. Uh, they cannot suffer DDoS attacks and the likes because it's an entirely different interface that is separate from what we use right now on the internet. Okay, so that's that's rather revolutionary. Um, it, it's touting that it will make a lot of different platforms obsolete. Um, like Facebook, like Twitter, like YouTube, because you'll be able to post, you'll be able to do business transactions, uh, you'll be able to have your own portal, uh, you'll be able to post your own media, a whole bunch of things. Now, I actually, I actually had some information on how all of this works, because I was like very, very, very uh, uncertain about it. Now, if you were to look up Quicks on the internet. Like I said, you're going to find a lot of like Gizmodo, the Daily Beast, you know, all the usual, all the usual suspects who are just really dogging on this entire uh, platform or this new, uh, this new interface media platform that's coming out. Uh, I know I'm not even like 100% saying it for exactly what it is. And um, uh, they call it cucks. You know, they say it's a, it's a huge scam. They liken it to the Freedom Phones. Now, I don't know if any of you guys remember when the Freedom Phones came out, but basically uh, that was touted as a secure way to, uh, to have your phone where your data won't get mined. But then it comes out that they're using a bunch of operating systems and firmware that come from like recycled Apple phones or recycled uh, Android phones. So it's basically the same firmware, hardware, and software that they use to, uh, you know, hack our phones, that they used to uh, algorithms against us that they used to uh, block our IP addresses and 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 remove our footprint from the internet well according to quicks it you none of that can happen guys so um, let's see here I got uh, let me see what's going on in the uh, chat room yes uh, we got uh, Connie ketchup this is yes this is uh, this is something that's been developed by Millie Weaver now any of you guys who have been a fan of the show or an audience member of the show. You guys know that I am a fan of Millie Weaver and her work. Uh, we don't always talk too much about Millie Weaver and her work here, but uh, the stories are merited. Now, this is a huge thing, uh, apparently, that's coming out. So uh, let me see here. Let's move along into quicks real quick. Um, we're going to show in a video uh, that comes from Millie Weaver. So uh, this video is a report that she did uh, basically, it, it it somewhat explains what Quix is and what it does for its users. Uh, it talks about how the uh, internet uh, can be can be attacked, but once you're inside the Quix interface, you're totally protected. And and there's a good example here of um, of them getting an attack in in real time 
while she was actually sharing this platform with Rudy Giuliani. So I thought that was rather interesting. But there's something here that's even more interesting, guys. Uh, there's two really good stories that come out of this report. One is the way that the internet will be revolutionized and content creators, patriots, conservative folk, MAGA supporters, all of the likes will, will have basically a platform where you are totally isolated from any type of attacks that come from the internet that we see nowadays. So now that's not to say that this platform is going to make all other platforms obsolete. This isn't even a platform. This is something, in, this is an entirely separate interface from like what we're thinking about internet today. Like we can have platforms, for example, like Foxhole that provides, um, um, provides an arena for content creators and patriots to, uh, you know, have community to share information and not worry about being censored, right? And not being shadow banned and not being blackmailed. But this is entirely different from that. And in fact, it's my contention that uh, platforms like Foxhole can actually will actually work really well with an interface like Quix. And so it's not out to make a platform like Foxhole obsolete, but it is going to make platforms like YouTube and Facebook obsolete because they're already beholden to the censor gods. So they, they already got their days numbered for them. Uh, but this will actually strengthen that. Okay, so I think it's actually rather exciting uh, what it can do. And again, uh, it, it has its own footprint altogether from what I've understood. And, and there's another video that Millie released. It's like two hours long where they go in depth about how it works, what it looks like, uh, what the profiles and the portals look like, how you set everything up, uh, the way it works in, uh, in uh, a comparison to the internet. So that's one of the stories here that I think is worth sharing, especially since my audience is, a, we're all patriots, we're all about sharing information, we're all about beating the censors. So I just thought in case you hadn't heard about this, well, we're introducing it to you, it's about to launch, okay? And then uh, the other thing here, guys, that I would really like you guys to pay attention. The other thing I would really like you guys to pay attention to is that Quix has come under all types of attacks, okay? And in this report, they talk about how BlackBerry has attacked, uh, you know, Millie and the people who have uh, created this um interface. We'll call it an interface, not a platform. It's an interface. Okay. It's completely separate. It's, uh, you know, they're calling it like a, a Roku uh, or like a fire stick, but it's not even that it's totally different from that guys, from what I understand and what I've seen about it. Now, um, uh, the, the, the second, uh, so the second thing I want us to pay attention to is the attack that is coming on Quicks from the likes of BlackBerry. And BlackBerry is using an operating system called QNX, okay? Now, QNX, guys, QNX is the same operating system that can be hacked into and have been found in automobiles and other things, such as ventilating systems that are used in hospitals, Okay. So uh, we're going to play this brief documentary-ish from uh, Millie Weaver. And um, I'm telling you guys, when we get to the QNX operating system and its relation to ventilators, it's, 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 it might make you hold your breath, guys, because the inference 
about that. If these ventilators that use a QNX operating system can be hacked, what does that say about all the people who died on ventilating systems during the, uh, during the outbreak of the COVID-19 pre-planned pandemic? Think about it, guys, as we explore this. So uh, revolutionary new interface for the internet and possibly, possibly exposing a much darker plot to raise the numbers of deaths during COVID-19, guys. It's, it's a pretty smashing report. Let me make sure I got it set up for good sound before we get into this, because like I said, it is a pretty groundbreaking report. And I just want to share the information with you guys, because we're all about fighting the censors and we are all about saving our country and restoring this republic. I think we can all agree with that. No matter how we may, uh, you know, differ in opinions about certain things, we can all agree on that, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Conservatives to have unlimited access to whatever content they want. QNX uh, had received some interest uh, from the CIA, which was revealed in uh, the WikiLeaks Fall 7 releases. And the star of Shadowgate, by the way, would later become a key election fraud witness for Sidney Powell. So, so this is kind of what we're working with here. Why would Seidel be attacking Quicks during a presentation with Rudy Giuliani, Tory, and other attorneys working on election cases? They believed that that car had been rigged to work autonomously or that someone, some third party, decided to drive that guy's car into a fucking tree at 120 miles an hour. Do you think that in 2013 that would have been possible? Do you know what car it was? Mercedes. I think it was an S-Class. C-250. C? C? C-Class? Yes. Yes. I'm just asking you because you're actually an expert. I mean, it's very rare that you get an expert in autonomous vehicles and you get to run a conspiracy theory by them to see if they can just put a stamp on it being possible or not. This is the car that's showcasing all of QNX's hard work. The following may contain facts and opinions some viewers find offensive and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of any particular sponsor. This is not a paid-for advertisement. What's this? I'm being dragged into a trademark battle with BlackBerry? What the heck? Back in July, one of our really good sources said that people in the agency were going to try and stop Quicks. Quote, they're not going to let it happen. We were told that a disinformation operation was already being prepared and that Will Sommer from Daily Beast was already working on a story. They were going to attack the name, calling it Cucks, to taint the brand for conservatives, and that a knockoff product was going to be launched ahead of Quicks to get in front of it. Our source told us that she was being harassed so much over Quicks, she decided to distance herself from us while Quicks immediately rushed to crowdfund a test program. Strangely, the day Quicks launched the Indiegogo fundraiser for the test pilot program, Freedom Phone literally dropped out of nowhere. If you look on archive.org, Freedom Phone doesn't appear to have existed until the day Quicks launched its fundraiser. It looks as if it was a front or a prepaid phone service, but a front for what? 
The Google Trends for the search term Freedom Phone is quite literally a spike right at the time Quix initiated the fundraiser. And from these more recent statements made by the CEO of Freedom Phone, it sounds like he never intended to launch a phone in the first place. Further, it's not even an alternative to big tech. It literally has Google Android's operating system. How is this breaking free from big tech? Meanwhile, Quix not only has its own operating system, it has its own software, firmware, and its own clean kernel with over-the-air update capabilities. What's called a secure boot. When the device starts up, it starts up in a trusted state. So the very first thing that happens, the very first bit of software that's loaded is checked. Is it the software we expect? Does it have the signature on it that's expected? We know it's trusted, we know it's safe, we know there's nothing malicious there. The only other company I know of that does that is Apple. What's up with Freedom Phone mimicking Quix's shipping announcements? Quix makes an announcement, then they make an announcement. Quix makes an announcement, then they make an announcement. Clearly, they're shadowing Quix. But why? Is this what we were warned of? Notice all of the hit pieces on Quix are coupled with Freedom Phone. And Will Sommer is the fake news journalist spearheading the circular reporting attacks that are then picked up by Gizmodo and other left-wing outlets. Well, the Freedom Phone is pretty straightforward. I mean, it's a phone. The Cux is a little unclear to me what it is. So the Freedom Phone's still out there. Now we have the Cux. I want to talk about the Cuck box. So the Cux, it's running the same OS as the Freedom Phone's is. <laughs> That's what it is. Speaking of uh, the Freedom Phone, we're not sure how you pronounce the name of this product. It's it's spelled Q-U-X. Cux? All right, guys, you've heard of the Freedom Phone and all this tech bro stuff that conservatives have been making to try to get around TOS. And and basically all of them have been scams, just attempts to try to, like, siphon as much money from random gullible conservatives as possible. <laughs> this is clearly a scam. <laughs> this has to be a scam. There's no way this is actually going to be a real thing. This would make the uh, people behind the gigantic colossal Enron scam lush. And this thing is weird. It's mysterious. And it gets worse the more you know about it. None of these tech journalists have been able to figure out what the fuck this is supposed to be. They did a uh, Indiegogo campaign to fund the Cuckbox, and they want to bring it to every Godfinger American's home. I believe it's a platform that it's just, you make the money, you, there's no obligation to meet any goal or anything like that. This is something that allows you to share illegal content to each other. <laughs> and the shit's just not going to work, and then they're gonna run away with the cash. So the best they've been able to put together is that it's basically like a Roku stick, like you would, like you would plug into the back of a smart TV. Censorship-free, anti-big tech device, it's a perfect fit for her. She'll literally be like, censored again, anyway, can't wait till the cucks comes out. Basically do an Uno reverse card on scammers and like, uh, you know, fuck up their, their, like either it's like a harmless prank or they full on take down scamming rings. Tortious interference disputes for business owners or parties who have had a business relationship intentionally disrupted or destroyed when a third party intentionally disrupts that relationship or contract. I don't want conservatives to have unlimited access to whatever content they want. I don't want conservatives to have unlimited access to whatever content they want. Damn! His co-creators tweeted this out. 
Dear trolls and NPCs, knowing you would pronounce cucks as cucks, we went with the name because it also serves as a troll bait and switch to make a point. The real cucks are those who freely let big tech rank their data only to get sloppy seconds via Google Ads. So do you guys know what it does? I have no idea what this fucking thing is. It's just staring back at me like the abyss. And I know the listeners are like, well, it seems like they just made this segment up on the fly. They just made this segment up on the fly. Perfectly tactically coordinated to coincide with the date Indiegogo was scheduled to release the funds for the Quicks test program. Later, we find out Will Somner was attempting to get confidential information from someone who Somner thought was one of our developers attempting to get them to spill the means. And let's not forget the Quix test pilots that came forward saying they'd been receiving anonymous calls from unknown numbers, offering them large sums of money to leak info from inside the test pilot program. Hmm, someone really wants to stop what Quix is doing. Now, initially, she was coming out with one of these quote-unquote documentaries called Shadowgate. Here's the Daily Beast uh, with more on the Cux creators. Weaver and Wentz were previously best known for their arrest in what their supporters cast as an attack from the deep state. And she was like, I was about to report some, some crazy new story on the deep state, and suddenly I'm being arrested? What's going on? Of course, he has to drag me into it, referencing the exact same talking points from previous hit pieces about me. Now grafted onto hit pieces about quicks. It shouldn't be a surprise then that only after hit pieces and bots were deployed in a mass defamation and slander campaign did Indiegogo's trust and safety team then need to review the fundraiser asking for proof quicks wasn't a scam. Quote, we'd like for you to send us a working prototype of your product. Send the working prototype to us on or by October 11th, 2021 with a tracking number. Translation, we're not releasing the funds needed to pay for the making of prototypes until you send us a prototype. And since you technically can't make the prototype without the funds, you have three business days to perform the impossible. Good luck. No! Sounds like a job for the Quicks legal team. At nighttime, the honey badger goes hunting. Look, here comes a fierce battle between a king cobra and a honey badger. I wonder what'll happen. Get away from me, says the snake. Get away from me. Honey badger don't care. Honey badger smacks the shit out of it. Only after getting called out by a major law firm did Indiegogo decide to release most of the funds. Not all on October 28th. Needless to say, this delay disrupted the prototype production schedule significantly, which caused even more delays and damages. So what does all this have to do with the BlackBerry trademark dispute against Quix? And why am I being dragged in? If you ask me, their interrogatories and requests for admissions reads more like a civil case than a trademark dispute. If you look at the registered trademark dates, Quix applied for and was granted a registered trademark well before BlackBerry registered their application for QNX. What the hell is QNX? You might not have heard of QNX, but you've certainly heard of their parent company, BlackBerry. 
It's almost as if BlackBerry registered QNX in the manner they did just to target Quix. And if the left-wing media hit pieces are making fun of the name Quix, why is BlackBerry fighting over the name if it's something we shouldn't want? Wait a second, where have I heard of QNX? Today I'm going to start with an introduction to QNX. Uh, what exactly is it? Uh, QNX uh, had received some interest uh, from the CIA, which was revealed in uh, the WikiLeaks Vault 7 releases. Wait, the same QNX that's in the WikiLeaks Vault 7 is the same QNX that's coming after Quix? You know, there was a controversy over Michael Hastings not too long ago and car blowing up. Investigative reporter Michael Hastings died in a fiery crash in Hollywood back in June. Police said it was an accident. But some security experts believe there may have been something more sinister going on, and researchers are worried that cars are now vulnerable to computer hackers. I'm not sure if you remember this case, but there was a guy named Michael Hastings. Michael Hastings was a journalist uh, and doing, doing an article about a general. It is not just conspiracy theorists. A counterterrorism expert tells CBS 2 News we may never know what really happened in that crash. And they got real comfortable around him. And uh, he reported a lot of the stuff that they said and did that maybe they thought that he probably wouldn't have reported on. Michael was working on a number of stories, one of which was centered on now CIA director John Brennan. Comes back, the general was forced to resign. Um, he was a beloved general, and uh, Michael Hastings was in fearing for his life. What we see is that car going across the screen. You're going to see uh, three explosions at the very end. He wound up driving his car into a tree going like 120 miles an hour, and the car exploded and the engine went flying. And people that were the conspiracy theorists were saying they believed that that car had been rigged to work autonomously or that someone from some third party decided to drive that guy's car into a fucking tree at 120 miles an hour. Do you think that in 2013 that would have been possible? Do you know what car it was? Mercedes. I think it was an C S-Class. C-250. C? C? C-Class. Yes. Yes. This is the car that's showcasing all of QNX's hard work. This one has a huge touchscreen, a digital dash, an always-on mobile data connection, and other smart controls which make access to all that technology easy. I'm just asking you because you're actually an expert. I mean, it's very rare that you get an expert in autonomous vehicles and you get to run a conspiracy theory by them to see if they can just put a stamp on it being possible or not. Let me just say that Alex Jones is officially not allowed to say MIT scientist says. <laughs> which is exactly what he's going to try to do. And hey, maybe it wasn't Toons' fault that he crashed the car. Maybe he just had QNX's operating system in it. Remind me not to get behind the wheel of a vehicle with QNX in it. Meanwhile, BlackBerry was a no-show to the deposition hearing they requested. Apparently, their lawyers aren't responding to Quix's lawyers. And the interlocutor from the trademark office pretty much disappeared. Hmm. Maybe BlackBerry didn't like the interrogatories and requests for admission they were sent from Quix. Who knows? 
just wanted you to admit or deny your apparent relationship with Gizmodo, the hit pieces, and essentially why you're wasting stockholders' money stifling innovation by attacking us when Quix's trademark clearly existed before you registered yours. Hey, BlackBerry, where'd you go? You know, if you still use a BlackBerry device as your cell phone, get ready to say goodbye. Tomorrow, BlackBerry will stop service for all of its classic devices. BlackBerry is discontinuing basically all the operating systems that still run on 7.1, BlackBerry 10, and BlackBerry Playbook. So we're going to have to put them to bed and have little funerals for our BlackBerries <laughs> if you're still using them. As if it couldn't get any more bizarre, then this happens. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, put out an alert. Bad ALEC vulnerability affecting BlackBerry QNX's operating system. Yikes! A remote attacker could exploit QNX to cause a denial-of-service condition or execute arbitrary code on affected devices. The QNX compromise could result in a malicious actor gaining control of highly sensitive systems, increasing risk to the nation's critical functions. Then BlackBerry said it didn't intend to go public to deal with the problem. Gee, I wonder why. Having a vulnerability which may be affecting mil- We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. We'll return to our program shortly. The QNX vulnerability also has the Biden administration scrambling to avoid major fallout. The vulnerabilities in this code could have significant ripple effects across all industries, from automotive to healthcare, which rely heavily on software. Not only did they list the QNX car platform as vulnerable, but the QNX operating system for medical devices as well. What kind of medical devices? No, it couldn't be. Are you kidding me? Wait, so you're saying that the ventilators used in the hospitals have QNX's operating system in them and that there was this vulnerability to hackers in the middle of a pandemic when the ventilators were being widely used on people as a treatment against the supposed pandemic? Are you kidding me? We're into the device and it has this active network that's on the hospital's care network. So not only can Graham affect the health of the patient connected to this pump, he can now use this powerful computer to explore the rest of the care network and possibly take over other parts of the, the system and affect all the patients in the hospital. You literally can't make this shit up. He has uh, written some malware, and when he installs that into the device, it boots up, he has his malware, it's part of the firmware now. And because we have this remote connection, he can actually cause his malware payload, his evil code, to, be, to, to run at any future time. Remember when all those doctors were coming forward 
panicking about the ventilators and how quickly people were all dying. Some studies suggest, though, that the mortality rate for people on ventilators can be as high as 90 percent. Dr. Cameron Kyle Seidel has been living the COVID-19 crisis on the front lines inside the Mamamides Medical Center in Brooklyn, New York. He did not plan for this, but Dr. Kyle Seidel suddenly became a sort of whistleblower about the use of ventilators at the start of the coronavirus surge in the U.S. He says the traditional airflow settings of the ventilators may have damaged patients' lungs. Yeah, I wanted people to take a fresh look at what was going on. Some of them were accusing each other of misusing the ventilators and that there's a big problem with that. And some of them were even quitting over the whole thing. Five hospital patients died in Russia on Tuesday after an overloaded ventilator apparently caught fire. COVID positive patients need oxygen. They do not need pressure. They will need ventilators, but they must be programmed differently. Our healthcare system must be protected against hackers. Hackers are now targeting specifically our hospitals, medical equipment. They're even trying to take control of these critical ventilators. Can you imagine getting a ransom note that says, I have taken control of your pacemaker or your infusion pump or your ventilator unless you send a million dollars in the next 30 minutes, you're dead. In some cases, upgrading this software will require the affected devices to be taken offline, which could compromise business operations. We're talking about billions of devices worldwide. And they're attacking quicks? Dear Blackberry, I think you have much bigger problems than fighting quicks over a trademark. Yeah, and you should probably get those checked out. Talk about a rabbit hole. I'm starting to see how this all fits together. Now let's jump forward to the beginning of January when I went down to West Palm Beach and met up with Tori, Patrick Byrne, Rudy Giuliani, and others, including several Quicks test pilots and people in the Tori Says groups. While we were there and while I was showing Quicks to Rudy Giuliani, Tori and her lawyers, Quix's website was under attack, almost as if the attackers knew where we were and what we were presenting. The attack was a sophisticated, high-level DDoS attack, shutting down the website for almost a day. However, it couldn't touch the Quix private network, thus illustrating the importance of a hardware private network. The presentation turned into a capabilities exercise demonstrating that the Quix private hardware network could sustain attacks and remain unaffected. This means that everything happening inside the Quix private network, such as sales, token exchanges, messaging, content, and search histories are all isolated and inaccessible from outside Quix. The trace of attacking countries is very interesting. Spain, United States, Argentina, Pakistan, Italy, United Arab Emirates, Malaysia, Guatemala, and Poland. According to a cybersecurity expert, with the exception of Pakistan, this list reads like the network CIDL uses for running elections. Sure enough, a quick glance at Seidel's own website speaks for itself. 
The attacking country list reads like a who's who of Seidel's client list of nations that use them for elections. Why would Seidel be attacking Quicks during a presentation with Rudy Giuliani, Tory, and other attorneys working on election cases? And the star of Shadowgate, by the way, would later become a key election fraud witness for Sidney Powell. So, so this is kind of what we're working with here. This is startling because a whistleblower leaked to me alleged evidence of election fraud from the 2019 Kentucky gubernatorial race. This is Millie Weaver. I just delivered to the governor's office documents that a whistleblower sent me on Friday alleging election fraud in Kentucky. These documents were so concerning that I decided to come down here and deliver it to the governor himself. I made a video report titled, Will They Steal the 2020 Election? With the information I gained. But it's not just Seidel. Other companies like ES&S, Dominion, and Smartmatic all connect to database systems like the Global Electronic Management System. While you wrestle with the reality that international interests count, manage, organize, control, and operate most of our elections in the United States, realize that this election software is more than just a tool to possibly manipulate the outcome of elections. Sites will provide secure, transparent, auditable, and accessible solutions for election modernization, e-governance, and e-democracy. Our e-democracy solutions help cities, counties, and countries improve their citizen engagement. They may have tried to stop quicks, but they failed. And they will continue to fail so long as we are able to share information and get truth out to the American people. That is why Quicks will be competing on the big stage against big tech, so long as it has we the people behind it. So that is why I'm calling on you, the American people, rise up and help us fight back against the big tech tyrants who wish to silence us and censor free speech. To support my work and pre-order your own advanced pre-release Quicks device, click on the link below in the description. So why is it important to support independent journalism? Well, for starters, it's because it's a rare thing these days. Most journalists and reporters are bought up by big media conglomerates or media outlets that dictate to them what they can and can't report on. By allowing someone like me to maintain my independence by being directly supported by my listeners, it allows me to focus on what needs to be covered with no restraints. Remember when they used to call us all conspiracy theorists as a derogatory term so that people who were putting out information that wasn't, let's say, mainstream would be character assassinated? Well, that is exactly what they're doing now by falsely labeling people as grifters that are independently financed as independent journalists. They call someone like me, who literally is beholden to no one but my own listeners and audience, they call me a grifter. Well, I call them a puppet to the big media conglomerates. Sure, I could go work for some other media outlet, but they're gonna tell me what I can and can't report on. They're gonna say, you can't touch that subject, or we need you to push this, we need you to cover that. And that is why we're in the problem that we are in with the news today in America. This is why it is so important to support independent journalists like myself. I hope you decide to help support independent journalism today.
by going to millennialmillie.com. Your support helps me continue and grow my operation. Oh, and one more thing. It's just as important to vote with your wallet when it comes to the technology and electronic devices that you support. By supporting Quix, the test pilots were able to launch something and make something happen that now is going to compete against big tech and allow us to circumvent their attempts to censor us all. So thank you so much to everyone that supported that. And when you go to Quix.tv and you make a purchase of a Quix box, you are supporting the fight against big tech. Thank you. The year is 2022. Cancel culture is the new normal. Online freedom as we know it has ended. Digital stockades are here. All activity is monitored, stored, and predictively analyzed by a technological cartel. We're being converted into a digital resource, a digital currency to be farmed for metadata and loaded into a computerized combine, blockchained to a social engineering operating system. However, it doesn't have to be this way. Be part of a new technological revolution. Right now, 1,000 test pilots have launched themselves into a new digital frontier, a private network outside of big tech control. New technology with state-of-the-art digital engagement and never-done-before security and privacy features that are now operational. With Quick's digital engagement, entertainment, communication, and commercial exchange will never be the same. We are QUX. Quicks. Advanced pre-release sales are limited to 3,000. Order now by visiting Quicks.tv. Get yours now before they sell out. Be part of a brand new online experience that you control.